Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Together, we're going to actually walk through a very practical practical look in scripture about um, about relationship and what we're going to do is I spent four weeks talking to you about Genesis chapter uh, 2 and we'll look at it today and in Genesis chapter 2 identif- uh, God identifies several things about relationships and all of those are online and I strongly encourage you to go and listen I've had more feedback from this series than in 18 years of preaching the Bible I've had tons of people say this is impacting my life this is ch- either, either I'm a bad preacher or uh, this one just had uh, really good impact uh, and really made sense to people and connected. Uh, but people were just really giving me a lot of feedback that this. Was, but one thing people said, Ryan, I love what you're saying. I love the biblical truths. I love. It. But but look, can we get into the, the the part of relationships where I can't get away from them? Like my my mother, who might be a little bit crazy, and I love her, and she's my mom. But I just don't know how to deal with her. Or your 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 friend, or your coworker, or your boss, and you say, man, I got to go to work every single day and work for this boss and I don't want to quit my job but I just can't figure out how to have an uncomplicated relationship with my crazy boss and so today what I'm going to try to do is try to help you uh, give you some some practical things hopefully to really help you understand the way for you to start journeying towards uncomplicated relationships one of the things we talked about this uh, in this series was the idea of drama whenever there is drama the Bible teaches us very clearly that wherever there is, uh, wherever there is uh, trouble and confusion, the selfish ambition is not too far behind. Where there's drama, there's generally sin. And it's always a good indicator for our lives that whenever there's drama going on in our life, we can ask ourselves some questions, do some self-reflection, and ask ourselves the question, am I a part of the drama? And so today we're going to read in our key text that we've been in uh, for the last five weeks, Genesis chapter 2. And it says this, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. For those of you who haven't been here for our It's Complicated series, God just finished creating uh, the heavens and the earth. And now he's on day six. And in this chapter, Moses zooms into the conversation between God and man. The rest of chapter one is about the big picture of creation. Moses, the author of Genesis, decided he would go a little bit deeper into the story between God and man and look at what God said to man while he was creating him and God only made two statements to Adam two statements and both of these statements are indicators and helpers things that will help your life if you understand that when God communicated these two things to Adam he was articulating how Adam can continue to live a healthy good uncomplicated life the first thing he said was, listen, I'm going to give you a choice between the tree of knowledge of good and evil and serving me. You have a decision. You can choose to follow me. You have everything you've ever needed in a relationship with me, but I'm going to give you a decision. I'm going to give you a choice. You can actually choose the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You have a decision. You can be in a relationship with me, and it'll continue to be great, and it'll continue to be awesome, but I want to warn you. I want to let you know, God says, if you choose the tree, if you choose the knowledge of good and evil, if you choose something outside of me, it will result in your death. Yes, ultimately, your physical death, but also your spiritual death. There will be death in your life if you choose the tree over a relationship with me. 
So in order for us to have healthy relationships, as I said, every single week, you have to start first with your personal relationship with Jesus. You cannot have uncomplicated, non-drama relationships if you first do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't add all the self-help chips. You can't do all these other things. You have to first start with your decision to follow Jesus Christ and say, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to put the tree aside and watch what happens. The next thing God says in this verse is, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right. For him. So God says, first, you need a relationship with me. And second, you need to recognize that I'm going to give you a relationship. So I'm going to put relationships in your life that are going to help you, but you've got to let them come into your life and you've got to be willing to allow God to bring relationships into your life. So on day six, after he finished creating all the earth, he created Adam and Eve. He created everything. He made all these statements. He gave them their purpose. He said, I want you to tend this garden. I want you to keep this garden. I want you to rule. I want you to reign on this earth. He said, basically, I want you to just kill life. Just be amazing at life. Like, you're going to see success, and you're going to have a great relationship, and things are going to be great for you, and it's going to be fun, and you're going to enjoy your life. I want to give you your purpose. I want to give you exactly everything that you're supposed to do while you are on this planet. We've got them knowing their purpose fully. They've got a relationship with God. And then in verse 31, God says, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. That was the first time Jesus, God used this scripture or that word, very good. The rest of the time he created all the everything else, he said, and it was good. When he talked about man functioning in their purpose in a God-given relationship, functioning in a relationship with God, he said, now this is very good. And the thing about that word very is very interesting. That word very actually means exceedingly good. It means mighty. It means above and beyond. Very good. They're actually interesting. This word, this Hebrew word very, actually attaches to another word in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And in fact, that whole section of Scripture was actually quoted all the way over in the New Testament in, in, Mark, in the book of Mark. Jesus used this statement that was used all the way back in the very back of Deuteronomy and actually was used by God in the very beginning. And we can look at that verse today. Uh, a few men came to Jesus and they asked him this question. They said, listen, we've got all these laws and all these things that we need to do with our lives uh, according to our religion. It says we've got to do all these 650 some odd laws and rules. And I, listen, there's too many laws and rules to keep. Which one, I just, just narrow it down for me, Jesus. Just get down to the bottom line of what am I supposed to do to be able to have a relationship with you. And this is what Jesus said in the verse in Mark chapter 12. Many of you know it. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your very, your strength, your mighty, your energy, your exceedingly abundant, your strength. That word very in the word strength is the same word used when God said it is very good. He said, I want you to love me with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and strength. Jesus brought the idea of the tree all the way into the New Testament and said, listen, what I want you to do is I want you to choose me with all of your life. And then, he adds, Jesus adds something to this verse that was not found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. 
He adds a second thought, and many of you know it, but he adds a second thought, and the reason I think the second thought is so radical is because you cannot fully do what the second part is if you don't do the first part. Look what he says. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, for a moment, think about that person that you just don't like very much in your life that just won't go away. Think about that relationship. Maybe it's your coworker. Maybe it's your mother. Maybe it's your father. Maybe it's your cousin. Who I don't know who it is. Maybe it's that guy that works six cubicles down from you that keeps giving you a hard time. Whoever it might be. I know you're praying that they'll either get transferred to Timbuktu or Dubai or somewhere like that. But, but, but right now, this scripture here says that we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. That is a radical thought. How much do you love yourself? What a radical idea that Jesus says. You're supposed to love your neighbor, love people like you love yourself. Are they okay, Jesus? That's a, little, that's a little tough. That's a little hard. You want me to love the people in my life that, like, that I don't like? You want me to love the people in my life that cause me problems? You want me to love people in my life that cause me stress and tension that make me want to have more caffeine or more other stuff? I just, the people who cause me to go nuts, the people, the reason there's holes in my jeans is because I'm on my knees praying that God would smite them, just kidding, that do something to change the situation. Those are the types of people that Jesus is referring to here. He's saying to love your neighbor as yourself, but you cannot love your neighbor as yourself. You cannot have the relationships that Jesus wants you to have they will not be healthy they will not be uncomplicated unless you first can learn to love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength see this is why people cause so much problem for people this is why Christians have so much hard time loving other Christians or loving other people because many of us guys many of us me included have a, a difficulty understanding how do I love God with all of my heart mind soul and strength many of us here today have been wounded in the areas of relationship in the areas of our heart in the areas of our emotions in the areas of our attitudes and the areas of our of our thinking in the areas of our mind in the areas of our lives we have been injured through relationship and through life and so we are struggling to love God in that area and that might be one of the bottlenecks in your relationship with people you might say, man, my emotions, I got stepped on and I got abused and I got hurt and there's these things which we're gonna talk about a little bit today. And you say, that, I wanna love God with my mind and my heart. I got that, but my emotion, no way. Well, until we can work through that, you will continue to engage in, in unemotionally healthy relationships. You will continue to engage in relationships that are damaging for your life because you haven't submitted that area of And so here we see in this scripture, Jesus takes it even a step further. Are you ready for this? I didn't write this. He did. So prepare yourself. Put your, put your seatbelt on. Let's look at this scripture in Matthew chapter 5. Your ancestors have also been taught, take an eye in exchange for an eye and a tooth in exchange for a tooth. Someone punches you in the face, punch them right back. <laughs> However, I say to you, don't repay an evil act with another evil act. But whoever insults you by slapping you on the right cheek, turn the other to him as well. If someone is determined to sue you for that coat, give him the shirt off your back as a gift in return. Should people in authority take advantage of you? Do more than what they demand. Learn to generously share what you have with those who ask for help and don't close your heart to the one who become, comes to borrow from you. 
Your ancestors have also been taught, love your neighbors and hate the ones who hate you. However, I say to you, love your enemy, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them, for that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly Father. Do you see that? So the evidence that I am a child of my Father, the evidence, for those of you in the room who are followers of God, for those of you who aren't, we're talking about what it means to be a follower of God. You see today, man, the evidence that I am actually submitted to and living a life for God is that I, when my neighbor strikes me across the cheek, I say, all right, dude, here now. When my neighbor comes to me and accuses me of wrong and wants to take me to court or has all, say all these things behind my back about my character, instead of me going out there and giving him what he deserves, I say, okay, you want that? You can take my shirt as well. When a person in authority, a pastor or uh, someone in government or someone takes advantage of you, the scripture says, do more than they expect. The only way for you and I to have the capacity to love other people as God wants us to love other people is if we are yielded to God in our heart, mind, soul, and strength first. So this is why our relationships are complicated. This is why when you deal with someone and they're just, why are they always, have you ever had someone just like, why is there always so much drama? I just want to ask how your day went. How's your day? Oh, my day's going fine. I bet your day's going good. It's because of you. You caused that problem in my life. Like, whoa, whoa, why are you spewing on me? I'm just trying to see how your day's going. Complicated. It's because when people in this world live in this selfish nature world, as people of God, we are yielded. God, I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my soul. I give you my strength. Every area of my life is yielded. Now I can begin to see people and the relationships, my heart, my mind, my soul and strength. I engage people now through the lens of serving God with everything. And my response to them is to serve them as the scripture teaches us to serve them. Complicated relationships comes from two individuals not really aligning on the same playing field. You just aren't quite fitting. Sometimes it's a square to a triangle and you just and the relationship's important, the relationship's necessary and you've got to figure out who's going to adapt. Are they going to adapt? Do they have to change? Or is it my responsibility to consider where in the relationship am I first not yielded to my father? He'll begin to speak to you and reveal, oh, there's some areas here, here's areas there. Okay, and you'll find no matter how square the relationship is and how triangle that you might be, you will find that you're willing to adapt to the relationship because your whole life is surrendered to Jesus Christ. Let's look at this for a moment. I want to give you kind of just a few thoughts um, about the idea of how to love God in these ways. There's two things that really cause the most struggle in relationships. The first one is the area of freedom. Many people get into a relationship and they don't have the freedom to be themselves. You don't have the freedom to be you. And so what happens is you get into a relationship where you don't have the freedom to be who you are with your beliefs, with how you look, how you act, your idiosyncrasies, how you grew up, to really, really, truly be who you are. One of the biggest problems in most relationships is that you don't feel permission to be the exact person you want to be. So you adapt to what they want from you because you're so concerned about what they think about you or you want the relationship so bad or your identity is wrapped up in who they are or what they think about you. And so instead of being who God's called you to be, you're being who they call you to be. 
And so the area of freedom keeps us from being who we want to be. So the first objective is to figure out your freedom. Look what the scripture says in Galatians 5.1. Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Ooh, I love that. You gotta choose today that you're gonna be you. Now, the first thing, you gotta figure out who you are. And that comes through a relationship with Christ. But the biggest problem in relationship is that you aren't functioning from a confident place of who you are, and so you're letting the relationship define who you are, and that's where a lot of the complication comes from. The second area where there's a challenge is responsibility. Many times in relationships, we don't understand our responsibility in the relationship. So I'm in a relationship with you. My friend Stefan and you have been friends for 13 years. Sorry, Stefan, to embarrass you. And him and I have an amazing, like we're best friends. And you know what? Because I understand the responsibility to him. But recently we've been talking. I've been saying, bro, I think that maybe I need to have a little bit of expectation. I need to understand that as a, my responsibility to you is to care for you, to love you, to be a friend. But, but I'm not going to go above and beyond my, uh, my unhealthy expectation because I want something from you and you shouldn't do the same thing to me. You have to understand what is your responsibility. I call this the dirty sock of shame. Whenever somebody comes up to me and tries to put their dirty sock of shame and hand it to me, I say, you take that right back. I don't want your dirty sock of shame. When, you, when people try to project their life onto me or project their problems onto me in a relationship where they say, I expect you to do this, I expect you to do that, I say, listen, I love you and I am responsible to you, but I am not responsible for you. This is a big problem in relationships. You go above and beyond when you shouldn't. You don't do enough when you should. Like figuring out what is my responsibility in this relationship. So your freedom of who you are to have a relationship to be just you and clarity and understanding how do I engage fully in this relationship going forward? What is my role and what is not my role? That's the biggest problem. Too many of us are going above and beyond our role and trying to rescue people when in reality Jesus is the only one who can rescue them. Freedom and responsibility. So let's look a little bit on this idea of this, this boundary. The way for you to, to properly go forward in this is to set up a boundary that's like a fence around your property. And what this fence does is this, this fence, it number one defines who you are and it protects you. So when you have a boundary around your life, when you have a boundary around your relationships, when you have a boundary around your heart, your mind, soul, and strength, what you're saying is, number one, by this boundary, I am defining that I will not go beyond this boundary. This is who I am. And when someone tries to cross that boundary, have you ever felt that before? That feeling, you can just sniff it. I think this person's about to cross my boundary. Have you ever felt that before? You just know, okay, I don't, I feel like this person just manipulated me or I feel like this person just, I feel so guilty. Why? Man, this person's guilt's all over me. Or you know that they've, maybe it's in a physical relationship. They passed the line and you're like, whoa, you crossed the line. There's a line that defines who I am, you have to first have those boundaries in every relationship, every area of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. If you don't have defined boundaries for your life, people are going to walk all over you and you're going to be confused and frustrated and angry all the time because you don't know what your boundary is. They protect you. They keep things out that should not be in. 
Boundaries on your eyes and what you watch. Boundaries on your heart, what you engage in or what you, what you allow in to control your life. Boundaries are one of the most important things, listen, that, that, that we should do for our lives, but it's one of the biggest things that none of us do. Specifically as Christians, we don't know how to set boundaries for our lives. We're walking around broken, injured, hurt, angry, upset, when in reality, we're free. We've been set free by the power of Jesus Christ. We would be the ones who feel joy and peace and love and hope, but often... As followers of Jesus, we're the most sad, <laughs> we're the most discouraged, we're the most burnt out of shape, we're the most hurt. It's because we haven't learned to set proper boundaries in our lives. So I want to just really quickly give you some boundaries, very quickly, the idea from this verse, heart, mind, soul, and strength. The first one is that we need to set some boundaries around our emotions, your soul, this is why it's important that you take ownership of your emotions and feelings and not allow yourself to be controlled by someone else's feelings and emotions. I really struggle with this often. Sometimes somebody will say something to me and like a week later, I'll still be brewing on it. And I'm allowing that emotion, their, what they said about me, to control me. How many of you have ever done that before? So what you do is you walk away from a conversation where you two people have a confrontation and you walk away and it's just your responsibility to love them, to care for them, to extend your heart to them and you walk away and you brew on it and eventually now your whole life is being controlled. Your emotions are being stirred. Your emotions being controlled by this moment. You've got to set a boundary to say, listen, I'm responsible to you only this far but I'm not gonna allow shame and guilt and condemnation and fear go past my boundary. You might be feeling that but I ain't responsible for it. You walk away from a relationship and someone's feeling angry or someone's feeling upset. You have a godly and biblical responsibility to seek reconciliation from them. But that is all God asks you to do. You cannot take ownership if they don't forgive you. Do you know how many people I've set a, a coffee appointment with and I sat across them and said, hey, I feel like I've offended you. And they said, you sure have offended me. And they just blew in my face. And I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. And they're still mad at me. At that point, guess what? I walk away right before Jesus because I know my boundary. Matthew 18 teaches me to go reconcile with that person. If they don't receive reconciliation, now it's between them and Jesus. I am right before the Lord. You've got to protect your emotions. Our emotions, actually, all the men in the room who maybe don't think this is applicable to them, because men want to protect their emotion and make sure no one knows we have emotion. But guys, God created you in his image, so get over it. You have emotion. We hide our emotion. We guard our emotion. We keep our emotion down, but not in a healthy way. We won't allow ourselves to go there because we don't want to get hurt or we don't want to be vulnerable or we don't want anyone to know. And in reality, you were created in the image of a God. Jesus wept when his friend was, died. He died on a cross and shouted out to God. He wept and cried and all these emotion. You're just like Jesus. You were created in his image. And so we have to learn our boundaries that you are not responsible, uh, you are not responsible for people. You were responsible to people. You were not responsible for their baggage. Think about the person in your life with all the baggage. You are not responsible for them. Jesus is the only one who can fix them, but you do have a responsibility to love them and pray for them and encourage them and pull them up and care for them, but don't let it go to the point where you are carrying that burden on your shoulders of the shame and the guilt and the condemnation. Don't let that happen in your life. You're responsible to them, not for them. Put a boundary around your emotions. Secondly, boundary around your attitudes, your mind. This is really, really crazy because often... Our attitude about people 
Our attitude about specific individuals comes from pain of our past. I experience this a lot as a pastor. <laughs> That's why I try not to tell people I'm a pastor. I told people I was at A&W this week, and I shared Jesus with the guy, old, old fellow next to me. I was talking to him about the Lord, and he said, Oh, hey, hey, Phil, this guy's a, a, a pastor. And he just shut right down because he looked at me with an attitude. He thought, oh, he's a, one of those pastors. In his mind, he had a grid in his mind about how, what I was like and who I was. Even though he would talk to me, he'd realize, I ain't like any pastor he's ever met. That the reality is, is that I'm not like those people. But we project our past mental perspectives on people. And that's why whenever you come into a relationship, you're either super guarded and won't let anybody in. Or when you're engaging in a relationship, you, you project your expectation on the relationship that you're in because of a previous perspective you've had in the past. We generally function in our mind from our place of pain. So we have this filter in our eyes and our mind and we project that on our relationships. And so we have to allow our mind, our attitude to be guarded. If you're allowing someone to dictate to you how you feel about yourself, your boundaries are not set up properly. So if you come from a, a father situation where your, your father wasn't a great dad or you come from a terribly broken relationship or maybe your parents got divorced, in your mind you have a frame of grid in your mind that you've now brought into your relationships and you're allowing that grid, that grid to be your, uh, how you live your life and how you engage people. Now you're seeing people through this grid instead of this grid. So what you're doing is you're allowing every relationship you have, every boss you had, every, every dad figure, every relationship, every girlfriend, you're seeing it like this. And so you're never engaging them, loving your neighbor as yourself, as God would want, because you're seeing them through the lens of pain. When Jesus wants to come and say, I want you to see them through the lens of my word that they are created in my image and that I've forgiven them just like I've forgiven you and that you've been redeemed just like they've been redeemed and they've fallen short just like you've fallen short and I know they might look like they make mistakes but the reality is you've got to assume the best about them until you've been proven otherwise. You've got to put a boundary on your, emotion, on, on your attitude, on your mindset and allow yourself to begin to be yielded your mind, be renewed by the reading of God's word. The third one here today Boundaries uh, define and protect your behaviors. Your strength, this is the idea of the very good word. This is an interesting one because this actually is how we actually live our lives. This is what we do in our job. This is what we do with our marriages. This is what we do in our daily going, comings and goings. It's the idea of our physical energy. What you do with your life. What you've chosen to do with your existence. This short time frame of life that we've been given, this mist that we've been given by God, this short time frame, what you have chosen to do with this short time frame of the life God's given you, that's what God is talking about here. This has the most impact on your physical life. And many times we choose not to set boundaries in the area of our physical world because we have an unhealthy thinking about who we are, so maybe you're here today in your relationship, and you're in a dating relationship, and instead of setting boundaries uh, in the area of physical relationship, you don't do that because you don't, you don't have a very good picture of yourself. So you allow yourself to go cross the line of boundary because you actually don't value yourself. You don't see God, yourself the way God sees you. And so you allow yourself to cross the boundary physically because this person values you and I, they love me and I'm defined by who they are as a person. Or maybe you allow people to treat you poorly or improperly because you don't value yourself. 
The reality is, is that God's word teaches us that we are fearfully and we are wonderfully made, that we are created in the image of God. This very topic is one of the biggest topics when it comes to sexual impropriety. This is in relationship, in, uh, girlfriend and boyfriend, or uh, marriage uh, relationship, even uh, in, in the area of marriage, where there be uh, you know, uh, uh, infidelity or adultery, or maybe it's just your friends with benefits, or you know, may, maybe it's just these different, maybe you're alone, but the sexual impropriety is one of the biggest ways that God, that, or that, that the world and this culture and we derail our relationships. Bible teaches very clearly that sexual sin is the only sin that is actually harmful harmful to your physical body, that it actually degrades the very image of God that he created, that when we give ourselves to sexual sin in our life, we're actually, what we're doing is we're actually investing into the death of our physical body. God wants to bring life to our hearts. Look at the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4. God's will for you is to be holy. So stay away from how many? All sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like those who don't know God and his ways. This is a big deal because in Romans chapter 12, 1, it says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your, what? Bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So here Paul's saying, listen, if you really want to express your love for God, if you really want to love God, do it with your physical body. Do it with your life. Do it with your job. Do it with how you drive your car. I need help with that, that's for sure. Do it with every area of your natural physical existence. Give your daily energies to God. Let it be a living sacrifice in every area of your life. I'm going to say this and I'll move on. I believe very clearly that our culture has normalized sexual sin in the church. And I just want to say it. In my heart, I feel strongly to say it. I was debating, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyways. In order for us to experience everything that God has for us, we have to learn that the Holy Spirit teaches us self-control. Titus uh, 2, 11 and 12 says this, for God, God's grace has appeared to all mankind. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and it teaches us self-control. When the grace of God comes into your life, it actually teaches us self-control. And I want to encourage you, church, today, if there is any area, my included, any area of sexual sin in your life, understand, it does not please the heart of God. What happens is it gets its roots and its veins into our existence. And when it goes, it goes from our physical body to our mind. And then it impacts our mind. Then it goes to our emotions and we feel badly. And then eventually, guess what happens? It begins to affect your heart. So today I want to encourage you. Consider that area of your life. Because I believe that if you want to have a healthy relationship, if you want to experience everything that God has for you in your relationship, God created man and woman to have sex, to have children. He did that in the context of that, the confines of that relationship of marriage. And he did that on purpose because he knew that you're going to experience the most joy, the most peace, the most love, the most experience and everything God had for you and designed you for. If you can funnel and understand, funnel that, 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 uh, that desire and that emotion in those areas, into a relationship with Jesus Christ and into a relationship between a man and a woman in a marriage relationship. Amen? Amen. Okay, I'm going to continue. My goodness, I'm sorry. Fourth one is this. Boundaries define and protect your faith. 
Spiritually mature people set boundaries to enforce their beliefs. This needs to be a part of your world. I want to show you a scripture here, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. That word misled means to walk around without purpose, to be misled, to be walk around and have no purpose, to have no, no real reason for the relationship. He says this, bad company corrupts good character. That phrase there, bad company, actually refers to the idea of a companion or an intimate friend that fails to reach the standard that you need in your life. It corrupts good character. It corrupts good habits in your life. This entire verse is centered around the idea that in the Corinthian church, they were arguing about whether or not the resurrection of Jesus Christ was real or not. There's a camp of people saying, well, Jesus didn't rise from the dead and there won't be a resurrection of the dead in the end. And there's another camp saying, oh, yes, there was. And Paul was saying, listen, you're hanging out with the wrong people. They don't share your beliefs. They don't share your values. They don't share your perspectives. They don't share your ideas. You've got to invest into relationships where people are sharing the same beliefs and the same values and the same ideas and the same heart. You've got to find the time to be with those types of people because what will happen is it will reinforce your beliefs. You've got to set a boundary around your faith. Spiritually mature people set boundaries around their faith. And they identify what they believe and they stand on it no matter what. I've given my heart, mind, soul, and strength to this and I'm gonna stand up no matter what, even if I lose a relationship, even if things don't go as I thought they would. I'm gonna be committed to this. This is my belief. I'm gonna stand for this. And now, when I allow relationships into my life, they have to pass the, 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 the kind of the, the, the beliefs and the values. Hey, do we, do we line up? I'm only gonna date you and be with you if our values and our beliefs line up and sync together because I don't wanna get into this relationship and realize, whoa, you're inside my fence and you need to get out that's even worse and harder than saying no in the first place you got to allow your beliefs and your faith to be the primary boundary in your life if your faith and your beliefs is not the primary boundary of your life i'm here to tell you today just like jesus said in genesis chapter 2 verse 17 he says i warn you you can choose the tree of knowledge of good and evil but it will harm you it won't leave you the way that I intended you to leave, live your life. And lastly here today, and probably potentially the most important, is that boundaries define and protect our heart. Look at this scripture here. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. This is where who you are comes from. This is the control center of your existence. This is where your mind, your body, your emotions gets its direction. And the problem with this is, is that many of us here today, our hearts have been broken. Our hearts have been hurt. Men and women here today. Your hearts have been broken. Your hearts have been hurt. And so every area, so think for a moment. If your heart's broken, if your heart's been wounded, if your heart's been dashed, if your heart's been disappointed, then that means your mind and your strength and your emotions are going to receive the same signals out to it. And so your heart has to be healed. Your heart has to be restored. Your heart has to be made new. 
Many of us here today maybe grew up in a family, grew up where our dads were mistreated us, or our moms were distant, or our siblings were rude, or we found ourselves alone because none of us, we were bullied at school, or whatever it might be. And so you find that your heart has been broken, and now everything that you do through your life is filtered through that brokenness. I am here to tell you this morning that that is the reason I serve Jesus Christ. Because he comes and he transforms my heart heart so that my mind my emotions and my my soul and my mind and my strength can be transformed by god's power read this scripture with me this morning look at this psalms 109 but now O yahweh god make yourself real to me like you promised me you would because of your constant love and your heart melting kindness come be my hero and deliver me remember this is david writing this text I'm so broken. I'm so needy and I'm so hurting. My heart is so pierced through and I'm so wounded. I'm slipping down a dark slope, shaken to the core and helpless. The reason I wanted to end on this today is because I feel like there's so many people whose hearts have been broken. Broken by romantic relationships, broken by pastors, broken by friends, broken through divorce, broken through marriages, broken, 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 and we live a fragmented life where we're just like David. So broken, I'm so needy, I'm so hurting, my heart's been pierced, I'm wounded, I'm in a dark slope, I just, I don't know if I can do it, I, I, so that's why things are so complicated, because my heart's so broken, and I just can't seem to get it healed, and I don't know how to go to the next level, I don't know how to go to the step, and so my emotions are out of whack, and my mind's out of whack, and my, I'm just, I just don't know what else to do. Look what the author says here. All my fasting has left me so weak, I can hardly stand. Now I'm shriveled up, nothing but skin and bones. I'm the example of failure and shame to all who see me. They just walk by me, shaking their heads. You have to help me, O oh Lord God. My true hero, come to my rescue and save me, for you are loving and you are kind. Then everyone will know that you have won the vic my victory, and they will all say to the Lord, you have finished it. That's the prophetic word for you today. God wants to come today and he wants to finish this thing in your heart. He wants to finish that pain. He wants to finish the brokenness. He wants to finish it today. Remember when he was up on the cross, what did he say? It is finished. Many of you here today have not been able to engage in healthy, godly relationships because your heart has not been fully surrendered to you stand with me this morning. I want to pray. You close your eyes for a moment if you could. Father, I just pray right now for those in the room, God, who are that person. Lord, they've been wounded by a, a parent. They've been wounded by a friend, someone that they love, Lord, their heart's broken, they're hesitant to move forward, and God, today, they need you today to come and begin the process of healing their hearts. Father, would you finish the work once and for all? 
would you settle that last little hump, God, that I just can't seem to get over this one last thing that person did to me. I can't seem to get beyond that one thing that person said to me. I can't believe that that the ex-boyfriend of mine treated me like that and I just can't seem to get over it. God, I pray you would push them over the hump, Lord, of forgiveness today. And they would find today, God, that there is freedom and there is joy and there is li li liberty in their lives today, oh God. It is finished today. Father, we lay this pain and we lay these wounds from our past, the wounds from our relationships. Lord, the words that our husbands or wives spoke to us, so the mistakes that they made. God, we lay them on the altar today. We lay them at your feet today, Jesus. And we say, God, would you take them from us? God, would you take them and would you sacrifice them and would you remove them? Lord, would you remove them from our lives today? Let it be done. Let it be finished right now in this moment, on this day, on November 11th. Let it be the moment and the turning point in our lives when we start engaging once again in the relationships, God, that you want for our lives. It's finished. Well, just for a moment, keep your eyes closed. I just sense so strongly there's a few of you here today who this word is for you. Come on, just for a few moments. If you've never done this before, just keep your eyes closed. And we're just gonna, I'm just going to continue to wait for a few moments as Pastor Seb plays the guitar. And just let the Holy Spirit come right now and finish the work. Come on, Holy Spirit, right now I pray, Lord, you would come. For every broken heart in this place wounded mind and emotion pray you'd heal it right now in the name of Jesus Lord I just sense so strong the Lord's doing a work right now he's healing people's hearts right now offense right now grievances right now unforgiveness right now bitterness oh right now bitterness anger Lord I pray right now you'd come Holy Spirit Come on, Holy Spirit, right now, begin to push them over the edge, Lord. Begin to lift that weight from their shoulders. Begin to lift it from their heart. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that that weight would be lifted. I just see a weight being lifted off your boulder, off of your shoulders right now. We push that thing off, and we pray freedom in the name of Jesus Christ today. Come on, with every eye closed today, you say, Ryan, I'm here today, and... I'm, one of, I'm, I'm either someone who's far from God. I, I used to be a follower of God, and I fell away, and I, I want to I come back to Him today. Or you're here today, and you say, Ryan, I've never, ever accepted Christ into my life. And I'd like to go on that journey today. Come on, with every eye closed, I won't embarrass you. I just want to see your hand. He you say, Ryan, that's me. That's me today. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to come back. I, I've been far away. And I want to give my life back to the Lord today. Come on, would you just put your hand in the air today? Come on, I won't embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. I just want to see your hand today. Come on. Come on, anybody else? Come on, church, would you respond after me? Just repeat after me as we pray today. Come on, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I come to you today. I come to you today. I need you in my life. I need I give you every area of brokenness in my heart. And I ask you to heal me. I acknowledge that you are God. I, that you are God. 
and I need you in my life. I give you my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength. And I commit my life to you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.